I was definitely an 80s child. I grew up in that era. And all the sounds of that era still take me back to that time. I love that time. And anytime I think of the incredible array of songs and videos during that time, it takes me back to a lot of memories of my childhood and growing up. The power of sound is incredible. And as my next guest, Jody Krangle says, it's a form of time travel in a sense. It takes us quickly back to something which can be positive or negative, but it takes us back so quickly to those memories of that time. The power of sound is all around us. And I enjoyed exploring that topic of conversation with Jody Krangle today, who's just an awesome person. You're gonna really enjoy um, just her work and understand a little bit deeper into the voiceover world, which sounds like a really interesting world. So. Take a journey with me as I talk to Jody Krangle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we are recording right now. As you're drinking your coffee. I see. Uh, I see. Tea, actually, but yeah. yeah. Oh, tea. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I thought it was. Uh... Well, it usually would be, but I, I have like one cup and then that's probably enough for me. <laughs> that's it, huh? Yeah, usually. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, I'm a big coffee drinker. I, uh, well, that's not true. I mean, I have it like every day, but I have like one cup and that's it for me. You know, I know mm -hmm. people have like five, six cups, you know, constantly. Oh, I can't, I can't. If I did that, I would be shaking. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be good. <laughs> yeah, no, that would not be a good situation. Well, I want the listeners to know how you and I met. So we went, met through this really great site, Spot Guest, which I, you're pretty frequent on, I see. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think you're getting a lot of value out of it. And I'm certainly getting a lot of value out of it. So tell me a little bit about why you got on there in the first place. Well, I was getting Mark's newsletter for a while because I had a previous podcast to the one that I have now. And mm -hmm. uh, I was looking to get on other people's podcasts and to have some guests come on to mine because it was brand new and I wasn't sure what kind of guests I could managed to get on my own. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. But it's been really helpful. It has been helpful. And I think, um, you know, this site uh, for the listeners started by this guy, Mark, who's just a really great guy. And I wasn't around for the, like the email aspect mm -hmm. of it. I just got involved with the actual app, the Spotty Guest app. And so this is, I guess, a good promotion for Mark. Like, you must do it. You must go on, meet a lot of great people in the yeah. podcast space, guest space, whole thing. But what drew me to you on there was the whole voice element of it. Mm -hmm. And of course you could hear that Jody sounds fantastic. And uh, <laughs> her audio was not gonna be a problem as she mentioned. <laughs> uh, no, not usually. That's that's not my problem here. No. <laughs> so give me a little background on your your history with voice in your life. Is this something you've you know, you were, you're excited about when you're a kid, you know, sometimes people, oh man, I've always been interested in like singing and things of that nature. T take me back on that. Well, I did start as a singer and I've been singing pretty much since I learned how to talk. <laughs> yeah. Um, but beyond that, um, you know what? It wasn't really on my radar until about 95, 96. I lent my um, voice for reading books onto tape for the CNIB, which is the Canadian National Institute for the Blind. And it really was tape in those days. They were real to real. You're dating yourself right now. <laughs> I <okay>. am totally <laughs> dating myself. Yes. Yeah. Um, but it really hadn't been on my radar. I'd never wanted to be a radio personality. I'd listened to the radio. I I had fun calling into radio shows at the age of 11. <laughs> Whoa. Wait, 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 wait. You called in the radio shows yeah. at yeah. 11. What did yeah. you say? Like, what were you um, talking about? I have no memory of what I actually said. I, Come on. I'm only saying that at 11, I thought it was very important. <laughs> okay. It was a big deal for you. It's a big deal. Yeah. And, you know, in those days, like I would try and record it from a boom box. <laughs> I used to do that. Yeah. 
Uh, it was fun. And the, the local DJ, it was not even really um, talk radio. It was more like late night kind of you can call in and talk to the DJ type thing. And um, we would have some really interesting conversations. But, you know, I'm 11. What do I know? 11-year-old <laughs> Jody's calling in late night DJs. Yeah. And you're having interesting conversations, which you don't remember what you're talking I, about. I, I, know, I know. I wanted to know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, you know what? I would love to know now, too. But I, I don't have any of those recordings. <laughs> was it like a, were you attracted? Was it like a great, like, late night DJ voice. So it's one of those no, things. He was actually kind of more grandfatherly like. The oh, guy okay. that yeah, the guy that was um that was doing the recordings had this really deep, very friendly voice. It was on a radio station called CKEY here in Toronto. And um and it, like that that station's no longer in existence as far as I know. Mm -hmm. Um but that was the radio station that I grew up with and I was just listening and he asked the callers to call in and I was like why not? <laughs> Eleven year old. Why 11 not? Eleven year old. Yeah. Why not? I, I always thought my parents didn't know what was going on, but I think maybe they were. I don't. I don't think I was hiding anything from anyone. So they knew. They were like, "That's just so, what she does." Uh, yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> I think think you have to know at that point you're headed towards something like this. Yes. Yeah. You kind of are. <laughs> So where did it go from 11-year-old Jody calling into late-night DJs? Well, you would think that I became really interested in radio, but that actually really wasn't the case. Mm. Um, I mean, I, I did some performances music-wise. That was sort of something that was always what I loved to do. But um, like I said, until 95, 96, I didn't realize that there was actually an industry around voiceover. I had no idea. So after that, it even took many years for me to give the whole voiceover a full-time shot because I was busy doing other things. <laughs> How do you even get into that industry, um, voiceover work? Well, it's a lot easier now than it used to be. Um, it used to be that you'd have to make a reel-to-reel -reel tape or a cassette recording or something, and there were very few people actually helping other voice talent get into it because not a lot of people knew it existed. Um, you know, there were fewer coaches, there was fewer demo producers. Um, you had to be in a major city, otherwise there was really nowhere to go. Um, I was lucky enough to be in Toronto, so there was a fairly large industry here. But, but again, most of what I ended up doing when I actually got into it in 2007 was remote. Um, you know, I didn't have to be local to anyone, really. As long as I had some recording equipment in my own home, I was golden. And it's just become more and more like that as the years go by. I always thought about when I was a kid and I would like, you know, the trailers to movies. Oh, yeah. And they'd yep. be like, in a world mm -hmm. where this, I was like, who is that guy who does yeah. that or yeah, whoever, you know? He was making a lot of money doing that. Yeah, it felt like it was the same guy over and over again. Yeah. Oh my god. My and my um, my brain is like malfunctioning. Uh, is it uh, like? I feel like nobody knew what this guy looks like. I mean, it's kind of like, and I thought, man, that might be the best job to like be doing something like that, but have your privacy because nobody oh, yeah. knows who yeah. you are. Yeah. Yeah. No one really knew who he was. The guy's name is Don Lafontaine. And uh, yeah, and he did that for many, many years. And he started, I think, because he replaced some other guy who didn't show up for the gig. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. So it was totally an accident. And then his <laughs> but he had this really deep, wonderful voice. And so they were like, well, you have to keep doing this because they <laughs> obviously liked the first few. So, yeah, it was quite something. Um, and he wow. just made a complete um, uh career out of that and he would like drive all around LA just doing those jobs um and while you know when things weren't quite as remote as they are now that was what you had to do you had to drive around yeah you know now people are just waiting by their you know by their computers <laughs> how long does it take to really like submit something you know to do the voiceover work like you're doing a session what's that session like and kind of what how long is that process 
Uh, it depends on what you're asking exactly. Do you mean from when the beginning of the session starts or do you mean yeah. uh, before yeah. I even get the job? No, or? <laughs> like once you're there, like you're hired yeah. to do it and you're yeah. actually doing the work, whether mm -hmm. it's commercial or whatever it is, mm -hmm. what's that like? So I, I think the reason why I ask is I think a lot of people and a lot of things in life, you just get the final product mm -hmm. of something. And I'm someone, I like to know the process of how, like a great song, I like to know how that's made. What was the ideas behind it? What was, mm -hmm. what was the original title? Was it that title or not? Was it something else? So go behind the curtain of voiceover work. <laughs> well, uh, if they're connecting to me remotely in my studio here, then we connect over Skype or over another system. Um, I'm recording in the background and they direct me on the script that they've sent me prior to our actual session. And uh, it can take anywhere from five minutes to three or four hours, depending on what it is. Uh, and depending on how picky they are and, and how uh, quickly I can get them what they need. Um, as the years have gone by, I've gotten better at that. <laughs> right. Um, and taking direction is definitely one of the biggest skills that you can have in voiceover. Um, also, kind of having a, um, I guess, like a, an instinct for where to start from is usually a, a really good thing. Because if you can get as close to what they want when you're first doing the first take, then, yeah. you know, it's an easier session from then on. At least they know you're in the ballpark. <laughs> so there, so there are people who are directing that are pretty picky about what they oh, yeah. like. Really critical. They well, I wouldn't have been hired if they didn't think I could do the job. So mm -hmm. I accept that as a given. Um, but after that starts, after the session starts, there may be nuances that they really want me to pick up, and um, I need to be a good listener and figure that out for them and give them what they want. Even if sometimes they may not quite know how to put it into words, which can be interesting. <laughs> right. Right. Now thinking about like, what was, what was your best experience in voiceover work uh, that you've had that was like really enjoyable? Well, wow. That's a big question over 12 years. <laughs> mm -hmm. I want to know. Uh, you know, I'm not even sure I could give you a definitive answer on that. I, I do recall going to a downtown session and doing like one take and the client going, wow, that was great. Okay. I think we're done here. <laughs> I've never, I, that's happened to me like two or three times in my entire career. It's rare then, but it's really rare, but yeah. wow, that was an ego boost. <laughs> Seriously, you're like nailed it one time. Okay, then. <laughs> and you just walk out of there. You're like, we're yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember it was a commercial, I think, for a shopping channel of some kind. <laughs> so, yeah, it was like super easy. Okay, well, that's that's the uh, easiest session I've ever had. Um, you know, that I that's happened once or twice, maybe in my mm -hmm. own home studio. It does not happen a lot. Um, there's work that I love doing are um, anthems for companies. And when I talk about that, that's kind of the, um, we do this and we're proud, you know, those I kinds see. of videos that you see on, on various websites. And um, I did one of those for Dell. I've done that for BBVA mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, a, a bunch of others. And I love it. They're, you know, that whole putting the the warm pride into your voice when you do these sorts of things for them is very rewarding for me. I just, I mean, you know, people might say, oh, you know, I was this character in this cartoon or, you know, in this video game. That's not really my, my you know, cup of tea. But yeah. uh, the commercial and the narration and really getting the client what they want, that is fulfilling for me. You know, it's so funny. The first time, you know, we had we had a chat before doing this, and I was like, I feel like that voice. I've heard it somewhere, and it's probably <laughs> because I have on you a commercial have. or something. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, literally, like, like what what commercial have I heard Jody on? Now, now I've got to put it together. You know? uh, yeah, it depends on where you're located, you know. So my parents are in Florida right now, so they're hearing me all over. <laughs> really. 
I wow. do um I do some um commercials for Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital, which is mm -hmm. in Hollywood, Florida. And also the um Hollywood Lottery. Um well the Florida Lottery. So um they're hearing me all over their television right now. <laughs> now, is, do you focus mainly on like, is it regional stuff or do you, you desire to do more national ads or have you done that? Where are we at with that? I've done nationals. Um, uh, Lumber Liquidators was one of them. I do, oh, I know that one. Yeah. Yeah. I do visit Orlando. Um, I've been doing their stuff for, oh my goodness, even, I think it might be seven years now. Um, and uh, they advertise all over the U.S. and Canada and the U.K., so um, that's kind of international. <laughs> um, it's yeah, it it all depends on what's put in front of me as an audition. Usually, I get those from my agents, and if there's nothing coming in front of me, then I'm not auditioning for it, and there's no chance to get that job. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I reach out on my own as well, and when I reach out on my own. A lot of the stuff that I tend to get is regional or local, and that is perfectly fine. Um, I, I love it all. So, uh, and also the regional and the locals are far more regular than the nationals. Um, there's a lot of competition out there for the big, big jobs. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, they're starting to pay less and less for what they want because they want what's called cut downs and uh, cut downs are smaller versions. Like say you do a 60 second commercial. Well, they want to make a 30 second, two fifteens, three, six seconds from that 60 second commercial that you did. And they don't want to pay you anymore. Huh. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, it's, it's been an interesting, um, development over the last several years about, um, how payments are made on these kinds of things. So it's do you so the payments have gone down over the years? Yeah. Versus like you see a lot of industries, things are, you know, increasing um and things of that nature. So that that's curious to me that I mean, I, I see what they're doing, what mm -hmm. you're telling me, but it's like and maybe even the the increase in remote recording makes you know, you don't have to have somebody travel to you, the travel money and things of that nature, oh, lodging, yeah. right? Yeah, that part isn't a thing anymore. So th that's thankfully saving a lot of people a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, right, right, exactly. Uh, yeah, but what's happening, I think, is that the television market is just shrinking because of streaming media, that's because right. of the internet. Um, so they're just not seeing the kind of returns that they used to see in the television um, video industry. Um, unless you're talking about, you know, uh, streaming services and, you know, Netflix and, and YouTube and that kind of stuff, which is kind of like a new market and sort of the Wild West right now. <laughs> sort of. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a huge yeah. Wild West. I mean, how do you see yourself in that space that you just described with the streaming aspect? Well, the way that I price my services is based on usage and the amount of eyeballs and ears that are hearing it. So um, usage usually covers things like how long are they using it for? Where are they using it? Um, certain places are going to be seen more, heard more. Um, you know, the more it's seen and heard, the more expensive it is. But it's more like usage in the way that when someone uses a piece of music, for a production of some kind, they have to pay a licensing fee. Right. So what they're doing is they're licensing my voice for a certain amount of time. And depending on where they're using it, if it's a more popular place, they're going to pay a little more for it. So that's kind of how it works as the voiceover industry. I don't like to think of myself as a commodity. What I'm offering is a service that is licensed for a certain amount of time to make them money. Right. Interesting. And so the streaming aspect of it, how has that changed versus, you know, kind of your cable television aspect in terms of the commercials? So now, I mean, you got things where you can have like no ads on the streaming aspect, but then you have some things like when I'm watching Hulu, you know, there's ads. I have the no ads, but there's still some ads for it. And I see mm -hmm. like the same exact commercial 25 times mm -hmm. in a row. Yeah. So and it's local I, to you. Yeah, it's local. To, exactly. And yeah. I'm like, man, this is like every time I hear the same thing, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, it can get really frustrating for the people watching their shows. I get it. Um, you know, uh, for me, there, um, there. If I was one of those commercials, for instance, if I was voicing one of those commercials, they would have paid me for a certain amount of time to use it on that streaming service, and um, uh, depending on how popular the service is, the price would be more or less. Um, that's really about the closest I can get because it's really dependent on negotiation skills and, and mm -hmm. what they expect and, and, you know, what I will work for. Um, I have never said that my services are inexpensive. I am on the yeah. higher end and I make no apologies for it. And if they want to pay my rates, they certainly can. And if they don't, they can find someone else. <laughs> you know what? I actually have a very similar mindset as you, mm -hmm. I mean, as a, as a trainer, you know, I've been doing it for almost 20 years and now I do kind of this lot. I've moved with the technology, live virtual stuff. Sure. And, you know, I would say the same thing. My prices are not inexpensive, mm -hmm. but I also believe in myself and I believe I offer an extremely high level of service. Yep. I think it's important for people to understand. It's like, hey, listen, you are doing something that you're very technically proficient. You're very good at it. And it's not for everybody. Mm -hmm. That's time. exactly it. Yeah. It's not for everybody. So I understand that when you talk mm -hmm. about that. Yeah. And I do give people a professional services guarantee, which kind of lists out what a professional should be offering them mm -hmm. so that they're aware of the, the, the nuances of each of the pieces of what I offer them are. Because sometimes people just don't know. Of course. I mean, I mean, I'm looking, you know, I think about voiceover stuff, like it's just a world I'm not familiar with. I'm mm -hmm. probably more like a lot of people, they hear something on TV and they go, who does this Ford truck commercial? <laughs> you, know, <it's laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. you know, never see those commercials where it's like, now I see the stuff they're, they're catering it towards the holiday season. Like mm -hmm. a person comes back from deployment and it's very emotional and they're like, buy a Ford truck. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. what does that have to do with like, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like well, here's the thing. Commercials are really an interesting creative venture. And the reason I say that is because there is a really um, careful balance that you have to make between something that's entertaining enough that you'll remember it, but something that mentions the product with enough certainty that you'll remember it. Right. Yeah. So think about the 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 balance that has to be formed for that to happen. Right. So you can't have too clever a commercial or you're not going to remember who the advertiser was. Right. Right. So it's it's got to be entertaining. But at the same time, it needs to actually get its point across. <laughs> well, it's interesting. Like I do, I get a sense of the voice on it and stuff. But then I also think how many people look at a commercial for a car and then they just go out and buy a car like and i don't know like well, i never yeah. you know what i mean i've never looked at a commercial and been like i have to go do that right now or i don't I know it's, like, it's interesting to me it is i think it's more keeping it at top of mind so mm -hmm. if you happen to be looking for a car that you would give that a consideration <laughs> like suggestion it's yeah like some... <laughs> i don't think they're trying to get you to go out and get a ford truck right this yeah <laughs> ford but i've had a lot does... of fords in my life i guess yeah <laughs> But it keeps it top of mind, right? So you're thinking right. about it. So when you're going out for a new car and you're looking around and, you know, you might take one for a test drive. Right. I don't know. I'm I'm assuming that, you know, if Ford is your thing, that... <laughs> it's just interesting to me, you know, yeah. like, and then I'm starting to think about now what you do in the podcasting space. How is that? I mean, it seems like a natural thing. Voiceover. A uh, person does work in the podcast realm, especially if it's an audio thing. It would be like, man, if you have your own podcast and you have this great voice, that would seem to be really ideal. <laughs> it certainly helps. I already have the materials. I already have the um, mm -hmm. the uh, gear. <laughs> you know, yes. I'm all set that way. That really hasn't hurt me. Um, my podcast in particular is about um, how sound influences us. So, um I don't know if it's okay to mention it. <laughs> of course it is. This is a very free-flowing, open-ended okay. thing. You know, I, I will I will mention then. The name of the podcast is called Audio Branding, The Hidden Gem of Marketing. So the reason that I decided to do this for what I do is because 
I think people have to be a lot more conscious of the audio that they put behind their commercials, behind their videos on their website, um, even behind the on hold and IVR that they have on their phone systems. Um, if some of that isn't consistent with their brand or the way that they want to be perceived in the world, they're doing themselves a disservice. They are turning away people without those people really being aware of why they're being turned away. They just won't like it and they won't know why because we aren't really active listeners. It's, it's interesting. Um, sound is the quickest way to our emotions and our brain and we're conscious of it on a regular basis, but it unconsciously moves us and influences us. So it's something that we really should be paying a lot more attention to, especially in advertising and marketing. So take me, you know, kind of a deeper inside what is a little bit further down how sound affects it. So like, what are you talking about in your podcast, the different episodes related to sound that are not just like, hey, I'm doing voiceover work and all this stuff. Like, <laughs> what is, you know, like yeah. the emotional aspect of sound, some examples. Well, it can make us do things, for instance. Um, I don't know if you're aware of the piano experiment for the stairs. I don't know if you've no, seen this. No. There's a there's a video out there, and I think they first did this in, like, the Netherlands somewhere. Um, and they have put a, I guess it's like a piano, um, like the the keys of a piano on a on a stairway that's next to an escalator. And... The idea being that they want to get people to take the stairs more often. So because these piano keys actually play, they actually make sound. When you step on them. When you step on them, yeah. yes. People are taking those stairs a lot more often. It's just more entertaining. That's true. Right? So they're really, um, they're, they're modifying people's behavior. They would normally be lazy and take the escalator, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, and especially coming from like, you know, a fitness person like you, that's kind of like an interesting way to make it, make their exercise more entertaining, which means they're more likely to do it. Yeah. So it's, uh, it is really an interesting, um, an interesting look into the how, uh, how the human brain works. Um, one of my other uh, deep dives was into ASMR. And I don't know if you've heard what that is. What is that? Um, it's a, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna see if I can get the, um, the actual, uh, definition, but, um, but basically what it is, is it's like, have you ever seen people do things with like whispers and taps and like, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. So Ikea first did that in one of their, um, in one of their advertisements in 2017 and what it was, was this woman who was um, just running her nails along a sheet and letting you like hear the sound of her fingers touching the sheet. Right, and her right. voice was really whispery and not quite, you know, full volume. Um, it's called Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response. Hmm. And what it does is it triggers brain tingles. So if you've ever watched someone do something, I don't know, like draw a picture or um, wash someone else's hair or pleasant sensation in your brain, that's kind of what ASMR does. Mm. So there are people who make these videos. Um, and specifically, I researched a woman. Her name is Gibi, G-I-B-I. And yeah, she's done a bunch of these videos. Um, and on my blog, I have actually linked to a bunch of the videos and the IKEA commercial so that you can see what it's about. Um, and when I did this deep dive, the first time I saw the IKEA advertisement, I thought it was creepy. I had no idea what Honestly, was going on. Honestly, I've seen on. it. I feel I'm I was like, I've seen this commercial before. Yeah. yeah. I have I have no weird. idea. It was. It was strange. And I just didn't understand it. I didn't get what it was supposed to do. When I did this deep dive into um, making a podcast about it and a blog as well, um, I 
actually started to feel those brain tingles. And so I'm like, oh, that's what they mean. Okay, now I get it. <laughs> it yeah. took a little bit. Some people are annoyed by it. Some people just don't <laughs> want to even think about it. They think it's creepy. Um, if you really let yourself just sort of experience it, and it's like, I'm just going to say this out, out loud right now. It is not a sexual thing. It has nothing to do with that. In fact, it completely would distract you if something like that happened. It's not about that at all. Um, it's it's a, a very real brain response to, um, to a, a very kind of gentle stimulus. Hmm. Um, and it's relaxing for a lot of people. People listen to this before they go to sleep. It helps them really? get to sleep. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. Like a lot of people use this as a stress reliever and, and to help them with insomnia. So, yeah, our, our modern era has just, it's, it's strange. And it has a lot to do with sound. You know, how our, our brains respond and relax, depending on, you know, your response to this kind of thing, is very much a how do we respond to sound. So interesting. I mean, I had a lot of thoughts. <laughs> so sure, one, yeah. <laughs> one, I thought, when are you going to record like a meditation video or something like that? Like your 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 voice would be a great meditative state. Like when I, like we do this a family meditation every night with my daughter before bedtime, and we all do it, and we put on on our phone like this, whatever meditation channel. And sometimes I'm like, well, I don't really like the voice on there. And I tell my <laughs> wife to change it. It's got to, I says, this, the voice pulls me. It's got to be the right voice, you know? Yeah. So that too, I think about like when you're talking about the stairs, the movie Big. Again, yes. I'm dating yeah, myself yeah. here. No, no, it's But I, a lot of I people love that movie. I love yeah. that movie with Tom yeah. Hanks. And you think about that part when they're basically dancing on the whole thing there. Yeah, yeah. And then I started thinking about like, all my favorite movies and you know the movie soundtrack makes a huge difference this difference the sound the i like big sweeping oh, kind of your han zimmer sweeping type oh, of yeah. thing you know yeah. i just and saw I think, the latest star wars movie and oh my oh you goodness. did oh yeah oh it was great. How was it? i'm going tomorrow is it good oh, I, I really liked it i did yeah it was a nice ending to the trilogy yeah. and the music of course was fantastic it was fantastic right? yeah it really was yeah so was it like I, mixing like a lot of the old from the old school music? Or was there it any was. new music? Yeah, it was. Yeah, you'll recognize it from the originals, which okay. I think is part of what everyone really wanted. Yes. So yeah. Yes. Because I think just think just about me. how that influences me. You know, all mm -hmm. that stuff. You think about that that beginning. Say, da, 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 yeah, right? Who, yeah. Everybody knows that. Yeah. And it makes you think of something, and I think it makes you think like sound makes you think of memories. Yeah. And feelings, you know. There's actually uh, something that one of my latest interviews, um, he his, he's a fellow named John McLean, and he has a studio where he does sound design and um, music production and all sorts of- John uh, McLean, it's like the guy I from know, Die Hard. I, I mean, know, <laughs> I know. It's, it's really his name, yes. <laughs> McLean. Yeah, <laughs> Like yes. Hans Gruber, get me McLean. Yeah. <laughs> But he has a studio in Vegas called the Dog and Pony Show, and uh, he designs um, he designs uh, sounds for casino games. But he also uh, teaches a course in film to um, some of the students in in the Vegas area. And one of the things that he has told them and um, other people as well is that sound is the easiest way to time travel hmm. because. It's a really quick way to your brain, and it makes you immediately remember, but almost more experience what you felt and how you were in the moment that you first heard that sound. So it could be anything, like the sounds of your footsteps on a piece of wood floor yeah. could remind you of the kitchen in your home where you grew up, you know? Like in, in seconds, you're right back there. It's actually a very intense experience, True. momentary as it is but sound is so powerful that it can do that that's that's amazing it's it's evolution really is what it is Incredible, because actually yeah 
Well, we developed in order to be able to protect ourselves. We needed to be able to hear really well. <laughs> right. If there was a predator around, right? <laughs> you made me think of the movie Top Gun immediately when you said that. Mm -hmm. I was like yeah. in the movie theater with my dad and my brother watching Top Gun when it mm -hmm. came out. And just, you know, that, that Kenny Loggins song, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it, it, just, back there. <laughs> it just breaks you, takes you right back yeah. to that time. It is like time travel. It's incredible. Well, that's why, yeah. That's why a lot of people really love a particular era of, of songs, mm -hmm. um, you know, cause you'll remember the songs you grew up with. They're ingrained into your memory and they bring about either good or bad right. memories, but it's pretty intense. So, yeah. If you're looking for high quality, zero THC CBD products, palmorganics.com is your place. Go to the show notes and any episode of Dr. D's social network and put in the code Dr. D for 10% off all products. Like growing up in you know in the eighties is like all that eighties music I remember yep. so vividly. Right, I'm like, right? Yeah. yeah. When an eighties song comes yeah. on, I'm like super pumped. I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, aha is on. This is a great. I'm like, I'm like, I love that song. Isn't a great yeah. song? I'm yeah. like a lot of Take one hit on wonder. Take on me. Yeah, yeah. I love and that then song. I was in. Uh, I just came back from vacation from Iceland, and it was funny. My wife and I were in this. Um, cafe and they were playing like Cindy Lauper songs. Oh, of course, yes. And it was like I was like Cindy Lauper had a lot of hits. I she mean, did. she was not a one-hit wonder. She had a no. lot of hits. True Colors. That was one of my favorite songs. True Colors, time after time. All yeah. This stuff. I mean, like I was like, pretty good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and then she ended up on the television show Bones. Did you ever see that? No. What is that? She was a uh, uh, Bones was a um, like a she was a forensic scientist. So she would, you know, look at the bones and figure out what happened to the the person that was deceased. But um, it was a long running show. I think it was many, many years. And Cindy mm. Loper, uh, Cindy Loper played a um, uh, a medium like a. a oh, um, I see. Uh, yeah. So it was really entertaining to see her on screen <laughs> as an actor. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh you my goodness. Look it up if you haven't seen them. I'm going to check it out. In case you guys didn't know, I love the 80s. Okay. <laughs> it was a fun time. I don't know. Yeah. So, have you as considered. Gen yeah, exactly. As, as Gen Xers have to stick Listen, together. The Gen Xers definitely have to stick together. Well, I no think one else is going to pay attention. Unique. We're the best generation. Believe me. We're, I guess we're kind of back. Yeah. We're in a weird, you know, what's like, you remember what it's like to not have a phone. Yes, I totally like, do. Like yeah. if it went away, you would survive. You would know what it's like. I would kind of feel now like my left arm was cut off. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I definitely grew up without the internet and I grew up without yeah. the phone. And I remember my dad having a car phone that was like a block oh we had the brick phone, <laughs> yeah, the brick the, phone. Yeah. it was huge <laughs> that's crazy oh. how big that thing was yeah yeah it was pretty amazing like i, I remember think... having a pager yeah i had a pager yeah i mean yeah. and it's weird like to think like i remember i remember there was no music associated with it but i remember when my dad got us a tandy computer oh yes and it was like you had to type in the directive, like MS DOS, that whole thing, yep. the floppy disk. Yeah, yeah, and yep. like in the internet, I was like, I don't even know what that is. Like, <laughs> I was eighteen before I actually really got on the internet. You know what? I think uh, it was the same for me. Honestly, yeah. I had an email address as soon as I got to college when I was eighteen, and somebody said, "Oh, you have an email address." I'm like, "What's that?" Yeah, And then they showed me uh -huh. how to log into it and it had mail on there. I was like, wait a minute, people send you things <laughs> like messages to me. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, so oh, cool. this is incredible. Like, it's not like a letter. Yeah. Like, if you're a really young person listening to this, you're like, what is wrong with these people? <laughs> what are they talking about? 
what's next? You courier by pony? I mean, what? Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember the sound of the 1200 baud modem or whatever baud you had? Yeah. Like that yeah. hiss thing. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. hiss thing, the AOL America. See? Yeah. That's a sound everybody remembers from that back is, then. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you hear that sound that, that transports me immediately. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And the page would take like 10 minutes to load. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. But now, like if that happened now, people would be so angry. <laughs> They'd be so angry. They totally would. Yes. Right. Yeah. If your page doesn't load in like less than two seconds, you're like, you're like completely you know, crazy about it. Yeah. You're oh, sucks. It's terrible. <laughs> I've been like that. I visited a friend who had satellite internet. And wait, I was wait, wait, so wait. Annoyed. <laughs> satellite internet. Yeah. Yeah. I'm confused. Well, if you, <laughs> okay. If uh, if you have uh, if you're out in the country somewhere and you don't oh, have okay. like cable or you know like we have really fast internet here. Like right now, I'm on a uh, a gig download and fifty upload. So it's mm -hmm. like. It's huge, you know, yeah. um, but I live in a fairly populated area. So if you live in an area that is out there fairly remote, you're relying on satellite Internet because it's got to like come from up down <laughs> instead of under the ground. Right. <laughs> Get that picture in like 25 minutes. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I was at her house and I was waiting for something to be, you know, downloaded. And I was like supremely frustrated that it was taking so long. <laughs> See? <laughs> if I just remembered, you know, the early nineties. <laughs> you need to play some music and yeah. take you back. You need to time travel back to when you weren't annoyed that things yes. took so long to download. Yeah. Yeah. But you would survive though. You would totally. survive because you I would, would I find myself like when I I have these days where I'm like, don't even like look at my phone. Like it's just somewhere around the house. And I find myself reverting back to my old school stuff, which is like, I just act like it doesn't exist. I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, okay, and we're not doing that anymore. And then I'm like, oh, there's my phone. And then it's that it pulls me towards it like a tractor beam. <laughs> I think that's everybody, though, pretty much. It is. I think so. But, you know, I'm kind of like you in that I prefer to do most of my computing on my desktop computer. I really yeah, don't I'm like doing that on my phone. Um, I'll get my email on my phone. I don't like mm -hmm. answering it on my phone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, things like uh, WhatsApp or Discord or whatever. I want a desktop app. I want to type. I want it too. Actually, you're <laughs> speaking my language right now, Jody. I do not want to send emails back on my phone. Mm -hmm. Whoever's listening, you're out there in computer world, whatever. We don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> Us old Gen Xers. The old Gen Xers don't, <laughs> we don't want like that. that. <laughs> I like to have my hands on the on the on the keyboard. Yes. And I like to type. I learned to type on a typewriter, actually. I did too. Yes. Oh my gosh. Grade seven. <laughs> Same and I here. swear that is the most singular useful skill I have ever had in my life. You might really. be right about that. It I it just it colors. <laughs> everything it means i can answer emails really fast it means that i can compose whatever i'm composing really fast True. i can type as fast as i think me so, too yeah. yeah so it just makes things so much easier you know but at the same time like we were saying about whatsapp and discord and all of those things yeah. that are typically on your phone <laughs> i would rather be somewhere where i can actually type <laughs> i actually make a lot of mistakes typing on my phone like mm -hmm. when I text people. Oh, it's easy to do. Because yeah. the thumb thing is not natural to human beings, I don't think, to like type no. that way. So when I'm actually typing, it's just like so automatic for me. Mm -hmm. My daughter's like, you type so fast, dad. Oh my gosh, it's like lightning speed. I'm like, I, I learned on a typewriter, the whole pull it back and the ching, 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 yeah. and pull it back, yeah. you know. And mistakes, my goodness. They oh my gosh. Production. <laughs> it was a big production. I'm like trying to white it out and stuff. I'm like yeah. doing all these things. And I'm yeah, just like. Who remembers white? out now like <laughs> i don't know i don't even think you just erase it on your phone that's I you know. just press the backspace yeah. button or know? it makes mistakes for you because it auto corrects <laughs> yeah luckily i haven't made a huge mistake with that but uh, I, I really i've heard stories like, yeah oh my gosh don't put that in there on that you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah you know but now it's like it's just an interesting time and uh, it starts making me think about the sounds that we're hearing now mm -hmm are very 
electronic in nature. Well, they and, are, but notice you know, that when you're taking a picture on your phone, you're still he hearing the camera click. Right. You don't need a camera click. Do you think we keep that just kind of as an old time thing? Like, I think it allows people to understand what's happening when you do that action. And I think, um, you know, people are just used to hearing it. And so if you take it away, it would sound weird. Um, mm. But I don't know. Like, I mean, unless you're actually using a camera with a lens and like the whole deal. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, unless you're you're doing that, then you're not going to actually hear the sound of yeah. a camera clicking to take the picture. Um, it's there's weird things like, for instance, um, a lot of like if you hear something interrupted in a commercial, it'll give you that record scratch. Yeah. Like who listens to records these days? I mean, uh, 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 hippie millennials, maybe. Uh, some people <laughs> do, yes. But it's one of those things that really is um, just a sound that we recognize that is associated with something that we really no longer need. Hmm. Yeah, but I don't think there. you need the. I don't think you need that that sound when you're clicking it. But then again, I don't even know how a camera actually works. I don't think <laughs> most people do either. You look at your phone, you don't really know how that works either. Yeah. Like the inside of it. I mean, I don't even know well, the people who make it know that it works. Sound. I think it's the yeah. shutter sound opening and closing, right? I, that's part yeah, of it. Yeah. 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 But yeah, these are sounds that we don't really need anymore. Like if are you a, have you ever driven in like a Prius or a Tesla or something like yeah, that? Yeah, I have a Tesla. Yeah. Okay. So if you drive your Tesla and you stop at a stop sign and it's utterly silent. It's very silent. Okay. Isn't that weird? Like, doesn't that feel strange to you? <laughs> it was at first. Uh, <laughs> but then like then so my we have two cars. One's a Tesla. One's like a regular gas car. Yeah, yeah. And I, I hate driving my gas car now Ooh. because it sounds like a roaring monster oh, compared totally. to when yeah. I'm driving my Tesla. It's just like a ghost. It's just. <laughs> <laughs> and that's great. And you've gotten used to it. But yeah, someone it was weird at first used though. to that. Yeah, it's it's a strange lack of sound and that it's just not there. This is actually one of the first episodes that I ever did for my podcast. Hmm. I talked about these sounds that are we're hearing but they really aren't necessary anymore. You know, like they're just there for aesthetic to make us feel more comfortable, you know? <laughs> I wonder how that will phase out though with people who are like, okay, why do I have this shutter sound? I've never even used a regular camera before, you know, like Well, you can turn them off, I think even now. So oh, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you can decide what apps sound and what they don't. You know, if you go on your phone and you say you want the sound to be able to be played on this app, um, then it will play it and you can tell it not to. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, I think once more people get used to not hearing the sound, it'll go away. I think already the whole thing of the record scratch being an mm -hmm. interruption in commercials is starting to go away. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's fascinating. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Where do you where do you see all this going? Like in your industry and what you're doing, what's the future of sound and how you work with sound? In your opinion, well, I think that especially in advertising and marketing, people are are starting to pay more attention to it because they realize how much it influences us, and they want that influence. Um, I think. Uh, for instance, there are there's a regulatory board in the casino industry to keep um, producers of the what they call win sounds, um, mm -hmm. W-I-N, the sounds that play when you're winning on a casino game. Yeah. Um, they have regulations in place that will allow you. Well, they they tell you what you can and can't do as far as the sound is concerned, like. Um, and this was from uh, John McClane at Dog and Pony. Um, he mentioned that, uh, I know you have to laugh. I can't stop. I'm name, sorry. <laughs> it's just, you know, I'm like thinking like John McClane, is it a yeah. Christmas movie or not? I, 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 you know? I think <laughs> like, is, but, you know, I, that's my opinion. I totally think it is, but everybody disagrees yeah. with me. I don't, okay, I'm, I'm well, sorry, but it is a Christmas yeah. movie. <laughs> Watch it in the it. next couple of days. I yeah. mean, it's going to be amazing. Yeah. yeah. But uh, but he mentioned that, um, for instance, that shave and a haircut, da 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 da, mm -hmm. right? You normally hear that da da at the end, right? Uh, if they play a wind sound that has that portion of the beginning part, and they don't play the end part, and you have to play more, you have to put more money in the machine to get that end part, 
that is compelling people beyond the reasonable. Hmm. And so they have to regulate that people don't do that because it's unfair because that's part of our lizard brain compulsion. Yeah. <laughs> you can't use that. You're not allowed to use that. I think that as we go further along with the advertising and marketing industry, that there's going to become some need for regulation because I think manipulation of sound can really make us do things, you know, without us being conscious of it. And it can be used, it can be used for good or it could be used for evil. Sounds like a superhero movie. I mean. Yes. Yes. With great power comes great responsibility. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I do think that it's a very important part of our lives in general um, and that we have to be careful with it. How does your podcast fit in with your voiceover career? Like, where, how do you, where do you want to take that? Like, you know, based off, like, a lot of people are doing podcasting now. And mm -hmm. it makes a lot of sense. Honestly, it makes a lot of sense for somebody in voiceover work to have a podcast. So like, ah, oh, drats, that sounds perfect. <laughs> uh -huh. Why wouldn't they do it? Where do you see it going? What's your take on that? Well, I love having this podcast because I get to interview wonderful people who know about the industry that I'm in or have an interesting insight into where the industry I'm in could go. So um, a lot of these people, like I've interviewed, um, I just finished my last interview for this year, and it was with a fellow named Monty Bowden at a particular ad agency that I work a lot with. Um, and he was a fantastic interview. And he is actually a client of mine who's become a friend. And uh, his insights were amazing. And I would love to connect with more people like that who use sound in their business. Um, you know, A, because it's fascinating, but B, also because maybe I could help them. <laughs> right. You never know, right? Um, it's not what I'm expecting, but you know, it, it certainly helps that our interests align. Do you think that like, is there an area like maybe where you'd be working, maybe you've done it already, where you're doing like the introductions for people's podcasts and things of that nature? Or oh, I'm already you know, doing that. You're doing, yeah, I would have, I knew it. See, yeah. I knew it. <laughs> I know things, okay. <laughs> yeah, I love doing that, actually. It's a lot of fun. It's like, it's like a small screen promo. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I would imagine is has it been you you've enjoyed it, but has it is it like a big production for some people or is it just real quick stuff? Tell me a little bit about that. It depends on the podcast and it depends on how big the audience is of the podcast. Um mm -hmm. if someone's just starting out, then they may just want like a sentence or two. And I'm only supplying the voice, just the raw mm -hmm. uh, audio of the voice. I'm not producing the whole music. Yeah and all of that for them. So they're giving it to someone else or they're producing it themselves. And uh, I just find it uh, a lot of fun to be um, part of that process because it's the introduction to a podcast that, that's really entertaining that people are listening mm -hmm. to. And maybe I can help get them into the emotional feel that they need to listen to the rest of the podcast before they start. So that's kind of my attitude towards it. Yeah. I'm setting them up for what's to come. And um, I, I'm excited about that. <laughs> wow. I mean, it would seem to be very natural for you to walk into that arena. And and that's something that, you know, is coming on more because of podcasting and mm -hmm. the future of that uh, with it. And yeah. um, I could see that I could, I mean, I have, a, I got to hear one that you're doing like at some point, I got to check out <laughs> one that you've, you got to tell me like offline what you've done or something so I sure. can go check out the intro. Cause I, I think I would say, I think you would sound great on anything, you know, it's like, <laughs> Hey, butter some toast you know? <laughs> like, by Jody. <laughs> well, I do the intro and outro of my own podcast, so yeah. you can hear it right there. And That's I got true, a friend. But, you know. I got a friend to produce it for me. So yeah, um, there's that. 
Um, I've done a, a couple of them. Um, one is for a, a cleaning podcast. He has cleaning. a community of um, people who are um, doing cleaning of offices and homes and stuff like that. And he's put this community together of a bunch of people who want support and you know, they have their own tools and tricks of the trade and all that kind of thing. And he has a podcast about this. And um, we're it's amazing, of, actually. Yeah, it actually is really amazing. Um, it, uh, he's uh, put together a really great community and they're all um, really passionate about what they do. And so his podcast is talking not just about cleaning, but also about just life lessons in a lot of ways. Um Huh. And, uh, yeah, so it's, it's a really great, um, uh, way for people to, um, connect with his community. I think that's, what's interesting about people's podcasts is it's, you're going behind the scenes to really learn about, you know, the person or say their business. Yeah. You know, like you're actually getting to, that's why for me, I like having these type of conversations because, I mean, not everybody's going to know all these things about, you know, Jody, but they're going to start learning a little bit about kind of the quirks and your, and how you are and your, and your laugh. And they're going to see <laughs> like your history a little bit and mm -hmm. how you have conversation with somebody. I just think that's very difficult to do. Like, I don't know how TV show guests, like you don't know a lot about them. Like, mm -hmm. you, you know, somebody on like a, a talk show, they get like a five minute segment on the talk show and you don't really know. And then it's like very scripted towards you know the movie they're doing or something like sure, that yeah yeah so you don't really you never really know anything about the person mm -hmm. if you're doing an interview style thing you know um so it's i think it's interesting podcasts are actually teaching people about other people like the inner workings of like oh okay this is a this is what they think about this yeah it is a much more oh. intimate kind of setting yeah Especially when you're hearing something for me, like it goes back to the sound. I almost like, even though I do my podcast with the video and stuff, cause it's good to see the, the face face mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Sure. I just release it audio wise for me because there's something even more intimate about the sound to me. Yeah. If somebody's voice. Like I listen to podcasts a lot, especially I'm driving, uh, in a, in my car and that sound and that person's mm -hmm. voice, it just, it mesmerizes me if it's the right voice for me. Yeah. And sometimes the video, it's like I, I did too much into like looking at how the person looks versus what's coming out of their mouth. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm a little biased that way because my whole thing is sound, but <laughs> you're <laughs> you like, know. duh. I'm like, well, <laughs> that's kind of what I talk about all the time, but yeah. <laughs> but it's more powerful than people think it is. I think, totally you know, if you hear like your thing with audio branding, and you, and you might think, okay, how much can you talk about sound, right? Mm -hmm. But then you start talking about it like we're talking about it. Here you go, oh, there's huge layers to this. There are. There's so many things. Um, architecture has its own sound. Um, I'm going to be doing a podcast on that in the future. I haven't done it yet. But there's a guy who is an, arch an architect, mm -hmm. and he actually talks about um, the, the sound of a building. Um, Whoa. Yeah, buildings have their own unique sounds. And some buildings are made to make those sounds and some just have them. But again, you know, like we were talking about hearing the sound of your footstep on a wood floor in yeah. the kitchen of your home, right? Like every building has its own unique uh, sound that it emits. And, you know, you even if you're in a house, you will hear the creaks and the movement and whatever of the house around you. That's it's amazing how much this stuff really permeates our lives. And we don't realize it half the time. It feels very um, low level and like not low level, subconscious, you yeah. know, in many ways. It just feels like you're just going about your time. You don't really think about like the shuffling of a foot, the dropping of a spoon or, yeah. you know, the grinding of coffee beans. I know you, you, you got my mind is too much now. I'm like <laughs> thinking of all these things. I'm well, like, like, oh, I'm going to be thinking about Jody and saying this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot that goes into this. But but I mean, even think about um, like if you happen to be in a poor weather zone, like mm -hmm. hurricanes or if you have you experience earthquakes or anything like that. 
your knowledge of your home, of the place that you spend the most amount of your time in, is intimate and subconscious. And when you hear something different, you know that there's something going on. Right. Right. So it, it, it's again, it's an evolutionary thing that helps us protect ourselves. Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. It's, it's making me think about things in a very <laughs> different way. I mean, I'm like, man, I'm going to pay attention to sound a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I think in life, it's easy to overlook things and and you're just going about your day, you're running that race and you don't think, well, how do these sounds affect me? And how do the, it's kind of like lighting, mm -hmm. you know, I think about people who are in the lighting business and stuff and lighting so important. Mm -hmm. and I think about like my wife and I were very into kind of the whole like Huga uh, deal where, you know, how soft lighting, almost like cave, mm -hmm. dim lit lighting, uh, the Danish have been, it's a big thing in Nordic countries about, you know, really relaxed. It makes you more relaxed, you know, it makes you feel more, more chill well, when you're doing that. So um, you really have to think about this is the lighting that I'm, I'm putting together. And this is the sounds that I want to permeate my life to make me feel more relaxed, things like that, you know. Yeah, definitely. Sorry, I just had a bit of a coughing fit. <laughs> but you're a professional because you know what? I didn't hear it at all. No, because you I muted know that the button is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was like, "How is this possible?" I was like, yeah, Jody's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I can even cough silently. <laughs> cough silently, guys. You didn't even hear that. It went silent, and I was like, "She's a pro." <laughs> Well, that, no guy, one, that has to happen, right? During like when no, you're recording no. things, right? Yeah. And like, no one needs to hear that. <laughs> do you ever have like a session when you're doing something? And you're like, will you ever do anything when you're sick? Right? Oh, you, yeah. Yeah. You'll, you'll record things when you're sick. Well, like, okay. There's, there is a, there's a difference between your voice changing because you're sick. In that case, I let the client know because if I'm really nasally or if, you know, I can't, if it's really gravelly and like I'm, I've partially lost my voice or something like that. I'm not going to go through a session because that would be a waste of their time and mine um, right. when I need to recover. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, but, you know, every once in a while I can just take a day quill <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, have some tea nearby and get through it and no one knows and it's quite fine. Um, it doesn't happen all that often. I don't tend to get a lot of colds, luckily. That's good. Yeah. How do you take care of your voice? Like that was, I was just thinking about it, just popped in my brain. It's like, <laughs> I don't know why I never thought to ask you this, but it makes a lot of sense. What do you do as somebody who professionally uses their voice? Mm -hmm. How do you take care of your voice? Probably not as much as I could. <laughs> that was an <laughs> I'm, honest I'm answer. Sure, yeah, I'm, I'm sure I'm falling short on that. Um, but uh, hydration is a big thing. Having enough water and tea and whatever that isn't um, caffeinated can be really helpful. Um, and just spending some time not speaking. <laughs> uh, so at the end of my day, often I will just, you know, sit with a television show or watch Netflix or something and just chill mm -hmm. and not say anything. <laughs> yeah. um, just having the rest is a good thing. But I'm not really all that worried about that because most of the jobs that I do are five minutes of finished audio or less. Mm -hmm. So I'm not doing huge marathon audiobook sessions or right. long sessions for video games where I'm screaming or, you know, like I know a lot of people have it way worse off than I do. <laughs> do you do audiobooks? I don't know. Is that something you're, you do? Not. No, I you don't do have no, in, no interest in that? None at all. <laughs> Why? Why is that? Um, I think a lot of people who are in film really love or theater really love the idea of the acting range that you can get into with an audiobook, and it's a passion for uh, of theirs and all the power to them you know because these people love it and they do it on a regular basis for me it's just way too long <laughs> you're like i'm getting in and getting out <laughs> yeah pretty much pretty much yeah. um and i've kind of patterned my career that way you know i tend to do narrations or uh anything if it's longer than five minutes of finished audio, I'm I'm passing it on to someone else. I just I I don't want to do it. <laughs> just because because not only does it take time to speak it, but you have to edit it afterwards. 
yeah. right? And the editing takes three to four times longer than the actual speaking, if right. you're thinking about this. So it just takes way more time out of my day um, to get something like an audiobook or a really long e-learning project done where I could do three or four or five or more jobs in a day yeah. with the small ones that I do. That Sounds just more makes efficient. More, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, call it mercenary, call it whatever you want, but like, that's just, you know, I'm, I love what I do, but I'm also running a business. Yeah. Do you have to warm up before you do a job, like get your voice ready to like, to really have like the A level voice? <laughs> you know, um, I kind of do, uh, but it depends on what the client needs. First thing in the morning, my voice is a little lower than usual. Mm -hmm. And it, it takes on a kind of um, uh, mid-range timber that's a little more resonant later on in the day. So if I really want that mid-range resonance, then I have to wait until one or two in the afternoon. Hmm. You know, usually, but I mean, it depends. If I'm working really early in the morning and I've done three scripts already by the time 10 o'clock comes, well, then I'm probably fine. <laughs> yeah. It's fascinating. I, you know, I just, I don't know why that just popped. I was like, wow, this, <clears throat> I think like, you see all the, you open the floodgates now. Okay? Yeah. So I'm like, my voice, yeah. like, uh, sometimes <laughs> it does feel lower. Sometimes it feels higher. Yeah. I always also notice this is weird. I always think after I work out, my voice feels the clearest and always ever feels after I work out. It feels very, uh, it's hard to explain it. It just feels like, really the best version of my voice after I exercise pretty hard. Yeah. And I'm always like, that's so strange. I mean, I, I get kind of maybe physiologically, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. I think it has to do with your breathing. Hmm. Um, because if your breathing is more clear, if you're getting more oxygen in your lungs, mm -hmm. um, your voice can be clearer. Um, it just, it just makes things easier in all respects. Yeah. So after that workout, that would make sense because you've been breathing hard. You've been, you know, right. exercising your your muscles and your voice is a muscle. It's created by a muscle. So, yeah. Wow. I tell you, this is fascinating stuff. And uh, Jody, <laughs> I am super pumped that we connected on Spot, I guess, and, and that you came on here. I mean, I, I learned <laughs> some really amazing stuff, really. Seriously, I'm like really thinking about this stuff. <laughs> and I think the audience is going to also really think about it. They're going to go, wow, I didn't expect a discussion about voice <laughs> on this podcast. Well, but it is an exercise of a sort. It so. is an exercise. There you go. Yeah. The, the oh, seriously, I'm thinking like, man, I just, all of a sudden it dawned on me. I'm like, how do you take care of my voice better? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I Seriously, hydration is probably your biggest thing. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. yeah. I think especially with podcast hosting and guests, you know, you want to sound sound well, you know, I, you know, it's funny. People like hate their voice a lot of times. That's pretty funny to, when people yeah. say that. Yeah, you need to get used to it. And I think a lot of people just don't think of themselves as performers. But mm. I think we're all performers in a way. You know, even if you're meeting new people for the same for the first time, you know, you are still giving them an impression of who you are. And honestly, that's sales. That's branding. That's like, that's everything. <laughs> Even if you're everything. not recording. Yeah. You're still trying to make a good impression, you know? So amazing. Yeah. That's so awesome. Well, thank you for your time and like shout out your podcast for sure. Again, so everybody knows where to go listen to it. Whole deal. <laughs> Give the voice. Come on, voice. Let's okay. Go. It's called Audio Branding and you can uh, listen to it and subscribe if you'd like at uh, audiobrandingpodcast.com. Well, there you have it. Mm -hmm. Jody, thank you so much for your time. It has been a wonderful pleasure to spend time with you today. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me on here. It was great fun. Of course, we will be in touch. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Have a good one. Bye. You too. Bye bye.